making lives harder for gym owners. <laughs> so what happens when like someone gets sick? So you got these two people. It sounds super lean. Oh, that's like a one fantastic per- question. <laughs> one person gets the flu. Like two people across the three locations get the flu. That's like 50% of your staff. What happens? You know, we both love trashy reality television. I do, but I sometimes we don't overlap, but I'm glad we, I'm glad we found a common one here. Sunset, it's on the hit list for sure. Hello and welcome to Gym World Worldwide. I'm Dad, here with Mateo Lopez, and this week we have a special guest for you all. Uh, we are here with Jeff Schumacher, right, Mateo? Yeah. Like Redenbacher? Yeah, there you go. Of Engage Personal Training and Gage Strength Training out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, how you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I also so, didn't know PA had its own Westchester, which is kind of fun. A little bit confusing have, for me. It's two words, not one word. So oh, two words, well, Westchester. That's helpful then. There you go. Yeah. That's how you tell the two apart. That's a differentiator. <laughs> so we got to talk and we had dinner the first night of the, the Two Brain Summit, which was an uh, incredible event. 750 fitness professionals just out vibing in Rosemont, Illinois. Be there next year. Um and I heard a little bit about your business, was super interested in what you were doing. Sounds like you got a very efficient model. And uh, we bonded over some of the similarities. So it sounds like you are currently operating four gyms uh, out of, like you're on mainline, right? Is Westchester considered mainline? We're right at the tail end of the mainline. So our, our location, Malvern, would be considered the last stop on the mainline. Got it. So when did you, you went from one to four and how quick? Like what was that? Uh, we went, what was that? Yeah, we went to one to four in ten months. Yeah, what what did we do, Teo? How quick did we do that? We did. We went from two to five in. We opened three at the same. Like all of the opening dates for the the newest three gyms were all in like January, February. Like it was all at the same month. So yeah, yeah, that was really stupid, and uh, <laughs> I hated my life at the time. So I just want to check in with you. See, how, how are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. We are in between launches right now, so I am like, I'm just kind of itching to get the the next one. And I think the plan is we'll do. Uh, we're going to try to do two launches at, at once. So um, ask me in three months, and maybe I'll tell you something different. But right now, I'm I'm ready to go. Don't recommend it because yeah, what we found we is you can only it. be at one place at a time. This is true. It's very annoying from a time perspective. But maybe you got uh, more management than we did at the time. But uh, unfortunately, we, we were limited by the fact that we could only be in one place at one time. That, that proved to be tricky, with the simultaneous launches. Um, right, well, you might have you convinced me, but we'll see. Well, you know, Devin's uh, the visionary, so if he, he wants to roll with it, I'll, I'll try to see if I can make it work. Right. And so we're, you're the ops guy, right? You're the operational partner. You're the make sure the trains run on time. Shit gets done. There's an HR problem. It's bubbling up to you, right? That's your, that's your role in the business. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. So everything that's not like sales and marketing, uh, would be, you know, my, my role. So creating what we do, creating the product, uh, the experience, the facilities, the layout, hiring, firing, training, all that type of stuff. All right. So the most difficult thing I found, I don't know, Teo, maybe you can weigh in here. Running multi-location was um, staffing, 
Like, like the toughest part to successfully running multiple gyms at one time is making sure you got an operator in there, um, like treating it like an owner. Would you, would you agree, Teo, based off of your experience? Well, yeah. I mean, we also, they also were owners, so I don't know what we did wrong in that scenario. We didn't do anything wrong. I just thought that was the hardest part. (laughs) No, yeah. But, and I also would say, I think another layer of complexity was they were all slightly different concepts. It sounds like yours, Jeff, are all going to be the same concept. uh, You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the PT one, it's all going to be kind Mm. of the same uh, model. We did different locations with different uh, operators and partners with different um, concepts. I mean, two were strength and conditioning, but yeah, no, no one was offering the same classes, a PT, one was a CrossFit. So we just tried to make it as, as hard as we possibly could when we did it. Uh, uh, when we did our expansion. No, we're, we're like franchise, franchise light. Like everything is going to feel the same. All the equipment's going to be the same. The concept's the same. The schedule's the same. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of whittled down our concept of small group from the, the 10 years at, at our first location um, and just are running with that, kind of packaging that and scaling that as fast as we can. So explain what it is. Engage personal training is the the core concept, the concept that's taking off. What 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 is it, and why is it working? Yeah, so small group personal training. So up to we cap the sessions at seven people. Um, the programming is everyone is doing the same version of exercises. We basically have two workouts going on at the same time, like a level one and a level two. Um, so we're able to individualize the track people are on based on their goals, their needs, their injuries, um, their experiences, what type of you know training they like to do. Um, so in Westchester, we do small group, but it's seven people on all on their own individual programs, which is, you know, would be a bear to replicate. We have 300 small group members, all with custom programming at engage, you know, we just templated, um, the workouts that fit our target market and who we speak to. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Um, and we're very specific with what type of um, person is coming into the gym so that they align with the training that we do. So we don't have to have seven different workouts to meet seven different types of people, you know, in the gym, we have a client avatar um, and that training is built, you know, it's basic functional training built to someone that wants to look better, move better, feel better, that is somewhere between 40 and 70 years old. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at your site here. It looks like uh, like 40 to 60 is kind of your bread and butter here. I'm seeing a lot of like moms and, and, and busy commuter dad types. Is that uh, is that it for you? That is that is so. You, know, and you look at the of, other one. I like the I like the the messaging on this one better. The yeah, we help I people I was about over to say, forty lose weight with pain free workouts. I was about to say on that on that site, it's uh, it's very clear, and I love I love the headline. Yeah, this one's better. You should change that. <laughs> JK, JK. Um, but but yeah, I, I'd love this. Um, and so three hundred individual. Well, you said it's templated, but it, but it's semi individualized, right? When it, when you say templated, it's like you know, everyone's doing some form of a squat that day and it's just what type of, whether it's like a barbell, a goblet or something like that, or is it, you know, is there a little more to it than? No, no, you nailed that. So it's, you know, we have whatever level of training you're on, that's what you're doing. Goblet squat, barbell, landmine, double kettlebell, sandbag, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Everyone's doing the same movement. 
Got it. And are you using like pen and paper Google Sheets to manage that? Or are you, uh, you, you trying to do that with software? So what we do right now is um, we'll, at Engage, we don't have our members really track their workouts. We'll track quarterly. Uh, so every quarter we'll do uh, like a test out week. And we actually created, um, so our, our population is older. So we kind of have to go back 15 years on everything we do, right? So we created fridge magnets that we give people that say, you know, it has boxes for their squat, their deadlift, their bench, their push up, their, you know, echo bike test. And people love it. They get to fill in at the gym with the Sharpie of, you know, I took my squat from this to this and they can bring that home and throw it on their fridge. People come to their houses, they see it, their family sees it, all that type of stuff. So we want them to share their uh, results. So we track on a fridge magnet, to be honest with you. Um, and then you know, I'm going to keep talking about the differences at Gage, uh, our big gym. That is pen and paper. That is everyone has a folder. Everyone is tracking on pen and paper and Google Sheets. Um, so that is a, that's a, a different beast, but we probably uh, – give the manila folder injury industry all their money yeah gauge is big right you got like 500 members over there or something like that yeah 500 members so we do about 400 adults and 100 uh like athletes which is middle school and high school kids so is that doing over a million revenue yeah yeah we do um so we'll probably on track to like for 1.3 this year in that location nice and what is a, like, walk me through the economics of, like, a, a fully packed out Engage studio. So kind of run me through, like, high-level numbers of, uh, like, one of your more mature locations. Yeah, so, you know, our capacity at an Engage location, we shoot for 120 members total. Um, and what and size average, footprint? So they're all between 1,700 and 2,000 square feet. Oh, that's nice. So that's, they're, they're in there tight. Then they're tight. In there tight. Uh, it's in you know in a retail space. We try to go for like a grocery store anchored place, um, and then we just have training pods. So there's three of everything. We opened with uh, six people originally, so we just got six of you know or three of everything to pair people up, and we we've since kind of expanded that to seven. But 120 is the the goal for the membership number, and that is just small groups. So if we get one on ones on top of that, that's great. Um, so if we get to about 130 members, that facility is doing really well. Average membership at an Engage uh, is going to be about $350 a month. Uh, one-on-ones, we do $100 a session for that. Um, and then the staffing, we have a facility leader. So that, that manager you were talking about of you need an operator, we have that person um, that runs it and then a full-time coach and that's it. So there's two people in the location. Margins are great, um, and you know so far that has been the model that's worked for us to kind of continue to open locations, you know, one after another. Wait a second, there's only two people per location. Two people per location, yeah. How, how many? I guess not classes, but how many small group sessions are there in the day? Uh, we'll do seven. Seven and in then, a day, Monday through Thursday. Friday we in, just have four. Are they an hour or forty-five or? They're an hour, hour, hour session. And then that person's squeezing in one-on-ones as well? If, if we have them, you know, so if we have them, uh, is a lean model. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so and you're, then, what is your coach, like a coach is doing how many hours on the floor? A full-time coach for us, uh, 
you know, we would say is, is 25 sessions a week. But right now I'll talk about Malvern because that's the oldest studio. So facility leader there is coaching um, probably 15 sessions. And then our full-time coach is coaching about 24 to 25. And okay, then, so um, yeah, so I mean, it's not on the floor. And then yeah. how does it, if it's an anchor, if it's an anchored place, I'm assuming people walk in the front door all the time. How does that work? So it's just block scheduling typically. So uh, if you're there in the morning, you're going to coach that 5.30 to 11 block. And then whoever comes in for the afternoon is going to come in after that block. So we'll always have someone in the, in the facility. Um, the facility leader, right, that operator um, kind of takes, you know, the role of an owner in that location. So um, they spend a lot of time there, especially, you know, I would say, especially during the first 90 to 180 days as we grow that facility to capacity. But, you know, we, we open a location in April Again, capacity is 120. We open in April. We have 107 members, so we're almost we're almost kind of locking the doors there, which is great. Okay, so wait. So you're saying there's uh, two people in there at all times, but not the whole. You have like their operator, and then you have like the morning coach, and then they tag out, and then the the second half of the day coach, right? And then you have the manager who's there kind of the whole time. No, two people total. So what? one body at a time. So like if what? if Deborah's if six people are doing goblet squats and someone walks in with their grocery, being like, "What is this thing?" You got them trained so they can do both at the same time. Absolutely, we'll just we'll just get their contact information and, and they'll kind of go through the sales process um, with the facility leader kind of managing that. They don't have to necessarily be there at the facility. So if you walked into an engaged location right now, you know you might see two coaches there because it's kind of that in between. Uh, well, I guess it's Fridays, but in between sessions, you're going to see two people. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be one person uh, in that location, just just coaching. Were you ever at Bowery when like random people came in and like, what is this thing, Teo? I mean, most of the time we had to, we had a coach and then me, so it was fine. But yeah, there I guess there were probably times at any of the various locations where it was just one person in the building. And if there's one person in the building, it was it was pretty tough to. To kind of do both, especially if it's like a part B, like the Metcon's happening and the music's blasting <laughs> and like people are like screaming and then like dying on the floor. And then someone walks in and you're like, oh, hey, how are you? Fill this thing out. You over there. Squat lower. OK, see you later. Maybe next time. And then that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember our first gym was like right across the street from a grocery store and we'd always get that. They'd walk in at the worst possible time. Just like class is packed out. Music is like on a hundred and they're like, oh, what's a CrossFit? <laughs> and so, yeah, good times, good times. So it sounds like uh top line for these kind of in the like targets, probably around like 40 based off of what you're telling me. And then two bodies rent. And I'm guessing at maturity, you're probably looking 30, 40% to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're actually going 40 to 45 to, to, to 50, depending on, on that. But 40 is our goal. 40 is our goal. So $40,000 a month in uh, revenue and 40% profits is, is where we want to be. So what's the secret to, you know, you're, you're building these things out fast. You're producing a lot of them. How are you, how are you finding talent? That seems back to my original question. That seems hard. It's, it's the hardest thing. And, and honestly, we would, be, we would have eight locations if that wasn't is that, that wasn't the issue. You know, I think the scaling and the the, the 
all the other stuff has been the easy thing for us and it just slows us down to find the, the operator. What has worked best for us is, you know, we're trying to find people that would want to open their gym or want to open their own gym no matter what. And maybe they can't do it because they don't have the finances to do it or they can't do it because they don't, they've only worked at a gym and don't know how, um, or they manage a gym and, and can't, you know, take three months off to, you know, follow their passion project. So we're actually identifying people that want to be gym owners. And then we're offering them systems, you know, financing as structure and support to open their own. Right. Um, and doing it under the model of engaged personal training, we're actually, we're obviously looking for people whose training principles and their philosophy kind of align with us so that it's not a different feel everywhere you walk in. We want to find the best small group coaches around us um, and then see if they want to join our company, get the support and get the opportunity to kind of grow their own, grow their own business. Can you uh, walk me through kind of like the division of labor? So it sounds like the floor coach sounds like they're just coaching and solely focused on the class experience. The location manager, I'm assuming, is handling, well, uh, yeah, sales or they're, you know, monitoring classes or they're cleaning stuff that falls apart or whatever. You're kind of implementing how the coaches should coach, but I'm assuming at scale, these other managers have to report that how the how the class are going to you so i guess how does it all how does it all work yeah so the facility leaders they're responsible for sales number one right growing the gym um they also get to program for their facility so we have our the structure what we do but they get to program all the training for their facility um and then they control the client engagement piece of things Right, so we do social events, we do awards for our members, we track their visits, we celebrate them as much as possible. That's a big part of the facility leader is like building that culture. So they're gonna sell, they're gonna coach, they're gonna program, and they are gonna do the culture, right? Full-time coach is going to coach and help the facility leader with that engagement piece. So reaching out to members, you know, small scale, it's 120 members, so we can we can you know, keep really good tabs on when people are coming in and when they're not. Um, but on a surface level, that is kind of how things are divided. Facility leader is sales and community and coaches coach and community. And I, I noticed that too on your social media accounts, like you do, you do publish a lot of content. Some of it's like, hey, you, is your teen bad at running? Does it look like this? It should look like this. Come talk to me. But I also saw a lot of posts that were like, you know, member of the month, essentially, like, congratulations, you have all these coaches, like, congratulating on video posting that. Um, did you come up with that rhythm? Did someone else come with up with that rhythm? Who's kind of in charge of what our publishing rhythm and content uh, rhythm is going to be? Yeah, I mean, we we came up with that. Devin, uh, my business partner, came up with that. We've been doing that for years at, at Gage. Members of the month, we do a, a annual award ceremony where all 400 of our adult members will get awards. We do, you know, huge banquet style, um, open bar, food, all that type of stuff. And we, we've done that for all 10 years we've been in business. Um, so the celebrating members has been something we've done forever. Member of the month 
you know, we never miss it. We highlight people on their, on their visits. You know, they come 400 times, they get to hold a sign a thousand, they get to autograph it and we get like, you know, balloons and everything. So we've been doing that forever. And then all those principles we just packaged and that happens at engage too. So facility leaders through their onboarding process, understand that, you know, client engagement looks like this. This is what we do at Engage. This is what we do at Gage. This is how we build the culture and community um, that makes us, you know, people's third place. They steal it from Starbucks. We want to be the, you know, the, the most important place outside of their house and, and their work. Gym owners love saying that shit. I used to say that all the time. <laughs> um, all right, here's a thousand. All right, so you autograph it and you slap it on the wall. Or yeah. the owner has to get a tattoo. What's that? No, no, yeah, right. Uh, no, we slap it on the wall. They get pictures. Um, they'll get a, a big gift, right? And then again, everyone that that has hit that thousand mark gets to autograph the sign. A thousand is a shit ton. That's like two hundred workouts a year for like five years. How long have you guys been open at the original? Ten. Ten years. Ten. Okay, that makes sense. That's wild. Yeah. I like this here. The the first post you have, what like explaining what it is. Because yeah. a lot of times I'll see, like, I was looking at gyms in my area and strength and con- like, you can kind of tell, like, oh, this is a strength and conditioning gym. But, like, I just run a gym podcast and talk to gym owners all day. But, like, a lot of these are the website so vague or the photos are so vague. There's so little information. Like, I have no clue what the training is, how it's delivered. Like, so I love the idea of, like, explaining it on your Instagram page because that's, you know, once I get lost, that's the first place I go to try and figure out what's going on inside of the gym. I also sent a lot of your copies, like no burpees, no like fire breathing, feeling like death and like whatever, which I think is a massive selling, like I kind of want to sign up. <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's also very clear who kind of this is for. It's like, yo, maybe you did do CrossFit five years ago and now you're a bit older and like, you still want that kind of training aspect and strength training, but maybe you don't need to do burpees anymore and that's okay. You can come here and we'll, we'll figure it out for you, which I kind of love. Yeah. No, it, it's funny when we started to use that language, cause we hadn't done in our programming in, in a long time, right? We did them, yeah. did them for years. And once we stopped, we're like, you know what? We should, we should advertise this <laughs> yeah. and we'll get people that are like, Oh my God, you don't do burpees. Like, yes, sign me up. The last gym I was at, we, you know, you come in five minutes late, you got to do five burpees. Yeah, I never want exactly to do a burpee again. Burpees, running, and jumping. No burpees, no running, no jumping. Um, and, you know, we're not speaking to super fit person that looking to find a gym. We're speaking to the person that, you know, has never found a gym that they feel comfortable in. And we want to be that place where the training is going to be better than every gym, every, you know, every gym you've ever been to. And the environment is going to be, you know, exactly what that over 40 person that's looking to lose weight is looking for. Do you ever tag your members in this stuff? We do. We, we share that to like our Facebook groups as well. So every gym has their own Facebook group with all the members in it. Um, yeah, I feel like this would crush if you're tagging, tagging them because you do a good job of like celebrating them all. Um. All right. Well, looking at this, I'm not guessing, I'm guessing like this isn't the primary driver of new members, right? It's good. But um, for some of the smaller studios, it's only like a couple hundred followers. So what's, uh, right. what are you guys doing to get bodies in the door? 
Yeah, it's, it's paid marketing for the most part. So paid Facebook ads, we're running ads, uh, Facebook, Google, uh, as our primary driver for, for leads. When we do a launch, we do a 10 week launch before we open a facility where we're just going to, you know, flood as much as we can into paid advertising. Our goal is if we can open a facility with 75 members, you know, get 75 paid contracts before we open, that's a really good launch. Um, and then after that, we just drop the paid spend down a little bit um, and just continue to um, kind of keep with our leads generated from that pre-launch. And then we do, uh, you know, referral marketing, joint ventures. Uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to be in shopping centers where there's another cons fitness concept. So we can partner with the yoga studio, cycle studio, and kind of do like a class share and kind of get that secondary growth uh, once we open the doors. So most recent studio opened um, with 87 members in the pre-sale. And then we've gotten that second burst of members, that last 20 from 87 to 107 from joint ventures and uh, like bring a friend weeks. What are the offers with some of these paid ads or even if yeah, you're I'm trying to pull some up here, but I'm not seeing page transparency here. I found one for the old one, but I think it was for teens. So yeah, what's the uh, offer? You know, when you're when you're when you're put on this money on in Google and Facebook. Yeah, so the offer that um, has worked best the last time was twenty percent off for for life for our founding members. Um, so that I think we kind of hit a sweet spot with um, changing our offer from our previous launches. We did thirty percent off for the first three months, um, which was a juicy offer in the beginning. But after three months, the discount goes away. And, you know, a lot of people were just tied into, I'll just try this for three months. And listen, a lot of people stayed because they liked the, the training, but a lot of yeah, people- Yeah, I, I would imagine you know, three months is a long enough time to indoctrinate. I, that's actually a little surprising, but- Yeah, we had a lot of people stay. Most people yeah. did, you know, but you're gonna have those, those have members that are like, I'm only gonna do this for three months. They're gonna tell you when they sign up and, you know, they're gonna they're gonna leave once the price once the price jumps up. So. Uh, 30% was also such a big hike when the price went up that you see this on your credit card statement for three months and ah, oh, it doesn't look terrible. And then fourth month, you're like, wow, where did this come from? Um, so we got rid of that and we're doing the 20% off for, for life and we'll cap that at a hundred people. So that's, that's done at, at college with our newest location. Um, and then, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, you know, we're going to retain a lot of people, but obviously if we operate at 5% churn, we're also going to be losing people and we will replace them with, you know, our full price members. So over time, you know, that location will catch up to, you know, where, where it should be. And after a launch, what's the offer, you know, for new people, how are you getting people in? Yeah, honestly, the, the offer is one free class. Um, and you sign up on the floor, uh, you know, we're, we're not chasing a ton of volume in the memberships. We know 120 people. Um, we like to believe that the training is going to really speak for itself. So if we get someone in for one free class, um, you know, three, three times out of four, they, they sign up for a membership, you know, on the floor there. Do you gap the classes? Like, how does that work? Is the one person on the floor got to like sneak out, get them in, uh, get them in your member management software and get back to the class? Or do you have like a little bit of, uh, time in between. There's a little bit of time. So we'll just pass that off to the facility leader. You know, if, if they're not coaching that session, then our, 
you know, head coach will slack them and say, so-and-so signed up for two times a week, they'll, and they'll kind of move them in the pipeline. So none of that necessarily happens, you know, on the floor. The sale will happen on the floor, but we're not on the iPad, you know, inputting your credit card information or anything like that. You know, I know a lot of people are still kind of in group or maybe they do a little personal training, but, you know, if you want to start, if they want to start offering this, what's the sales process like? Because it is a bigger price point. So what, how, you know, you do the free session, a lot of that sells itself, but, you know, once you're sitting down with someone, I guess, what would be some advice in the, in the sales pitch for people who are interested in this? Yeah, I think, you know, our elevator pitch, our core values, uh, our community, we kind of talk a lot about the things outside of the training session itself because the X's and O's of what we do is not different than many of the other gyms in the area. But at the same point, we're, we're probably going to charge more. So um, the service, you know, is, is going to be delivered a little bit better. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be uh, customer first, right? Customer first approach. So um, we're trying to kind of warm people up to the idea that um, you're not just joining for the workouts, you're joining for everything else we're doing. We do community service. We do these happy hours. We do these education events. We do, you know, a ton of other things. So we're kind of like selling our community and all the extra value adds. So we charge, you know, $377 for three times a week. The training is one thing. You also have the support of your facility leader, your head coach that um, are going to be on top of you in the sense of making sure you're getting closer to your goal because there's only 120 people. You never get lost. Um, so the customer service piece of like, you know, uh, walking through the door, you're always greeted by your name, right? You always get X amount of reach outs every 30, 60, 90 days to, to make sure that you're getting the touch point. So um, the customer experience side of things, you know, for, for us is definitely a differentiator between other um you know, small group gyms or CrossFit boxes by us or anything, uh, any other high-end fitness uh, offerings in around Philadelphia. I saw this thing on Twitter. I was trying to find it here, but I struck out. It was like this guy who owned like a dental practice and he just had like a robot with an iPad on the top of it. And he hired VAs from the Philippines to just be like their front desk person. So you just walk into the dental office and you're greeted by an iPad, but it was like a real person behind the iPad. And I was like, you know, I can you keep costs low, get somebody at the front desk, you know, sign them up right then and there. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. Can we teach future. everyone's name when they walk in? That's yeah, insane. Exactly. That's yeah. absolutely crazy, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, imagine like, think of it like a Roomba with like a broomstick and an iPad on the top of it. Right. That's what this thing looked like. And then there was like an actual human somewhere. Like Zoom is just always open and that person's face is just yeah, like... yeah, and that's the front desk, five bucks an hour. Wow. So, all right, and so how are you How are you finding people, right? Like we, we've been asking this question for 40 minutes now. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, so, we're gonna get to the bottom of it. And I have a yeah. follow-up to it. But yeah, you, you can go first. So we use a recruiter now. So we use a recruiter now. Um, previously, I, I hawked our last one through Instagram, just a gym near us. Guy was running an adult small group program out of a baseball facility. Looked exactly what we did. Uh, brought him in and he, he was awesome. You know, he was kind of just independent trainer driving around to six different gyms to make his, uh, you know, to make his career. And he loved the opportunity of doing it at one place. So that was, that was one um, middle location was taking someone from our headquarters. 
and and bringing them to that location they kind of graduated from where they could could grow at, at gauge and we just uh launched location with them so they knew all the systems that was an easy one uh, and then our first location was we found a, a general manager of an anytime fitness that was about to quit to open their own gym and uh and she was a killer too and so you know she loved the uh the idea of having support too and not just doing it on her own she didn't know if she wanted to do a, a weightlifting gym or a personal training studio um, so she was kind of like in between two entirely different concepts and we said you know here's what we do we've done it for 10 years you want to join us and, and that worked so now moving forward we use a fitness recruiter who works with you know chain gyms and finds their general managers finds their coaches uh she works with uh, equinox and you know uh orange theory and, and that type of thing so uh, her name is jesse stackhouse just fitness staffing and, and we'll we'll tell her here's the location here's she knows what the job description is so she just hits you know enter and and she'll kind of start to vet the applicants as they come through and pass them through us if they uh if they look to fit what we're looking for in a facility leader we have our next podcast guest <laughs> acquired. We know exactly who we're going to talk to after yeah, this. Yeah, we use her for everything now. So for every job opening, even from from part time coach to general manager, uh, just because it's just one less thing to to have to worry about, right? And you get a professional that knows what we're looking for, um, and she goes out and, and tells me, Jeff, this is a person you should contact, and, and then I hop on the phone. I know the next business I'm investing in. I'm going to call it Jess. Because <laughs> she's going to be slammed because everyone's going to want to use her exactly. now that you outed yeah. her. Yes. Yeah. You um, just came on this podcast and destroyed your business. I really did. So well, we can cut this, Jeff. We can, we can cut this. Jim World destroying gym businesses and yeah. making um, lives harder for gym owners. So my follow-up question to this is because you mentioned it before when I was asking you about the content. You were like, we package this and we just put it in a box and now we can just train up all of our, you know, our operators on it. Uh, what is the onboarding process for, you know, the location manager? Uh, how long does it take? How involved are you in it personally? Or do you, are there modules now? Like how, how does that all work? where there's no modules i mean there's there's a, a google sheet with uh some loom videos you know on how to use nice. my body but uh, yes. but uh but there is a lot of like hey let's just meet for an hour on tuesday and talk about this so we have the 10 week to say 10 to 12 week launch process that's kind of the the onboarding process as well so um for those 12 10 to 12 weeks we're doing sales we're also going to be doing all the all the onboarding Devin handles all of the uh, sales process, marketing process, and community process as far as the education goes. And then I handle all of the um, operations, scheduling, what the workouts are, all that equipment, all that type of stuff. Um, and so we have 12 weeks. Now, I would say it's a really about six weeks of a deep dive into education with two weeks in another studio to be there like from open to close and see literally everything for two weeks um, and that really gives you know our facility leaders a, a, a good indication of you know their level level of, of readiness um, and they get to live it for two weeks before they they get to do it themselves and how often are you going in for quality control after a launch after a launch like pretty often for the first 
so this one has been eight weeks. So pretty often for the first uh, month. And then that's really, really it. I'll do an hour Zoom call uh, with each facility leader. And then once a week, we'll do a mastermind. All the facility leaders and all our okay. leadership team at, at Gage will meet on a call. We'll do you know issue solving for half the call and then education for the other half. Nice. Do you do like offsites? We used to take everybody once a once a quarter to an offsite. Yep. Yeah. So we'll do offsites. We'll do offsites individually for every location uh, to do like quarterly quarterly planning. And then we are in the process of planning our first engaged summit. So all locations will get together. We'll travel somewhere um, and and do like a big a big event somewhere. All right. And so are you guys like? Walk me through, what does it cost to open one of these things? Are you guys self-funding it? Did you raise some money? Like opening up a bunch of facilities at one time is uh, expensive and stressful. Like, like where's the cash coming for this? Yeah, so it was, uh, it was self-funded for the first, the first three. Um, and then now we have a line of credit and we also have, you know, this Malvern location that's been open a year. I mean, we're, it's kind of just flooding, flooding cash. So it's only you know, two people in there, right? Profit margins are awesome. We're taking a lot of cash from from these uh, profitable locations and just kind of spinning them into into the next one. Um, we have we're in the process of of LOIs on two units. Um, so, like I said, that that two launches at the same time deal will be will be coming up. Hopefully, we'll we'll get an answer hopefully here in the next couple of weeks on on both of them, and we'll kind of go from there and and see what happens. But the idea is, you know, once <clears throat> two, three, four, five, all start kind of, kind of going. We just kind of use it as a flywheel and all that cash just kind of, kind of keeps going. So we want to, we want to do this, um, just Devin and I, you know, and, and, and not, not franchise it and not do, not get into a situation where we're, we're, we're kind of accepting, uh, money if we, if we don't have to, but obviously if, if things get crazy, we want to keep scaling, you know, obviously, that's going to be the move. But in the, in the short term, we want to see how far um, this model can take us, just, just the two of us. And how does compensation work for the managers and the, you know, and the other coaches? Compensation is tied to membership numbers. So uh, zero to 75 is, is their base salary. Uh, if you get to 75 members, you hold that for three months you get a, an increase. I think it's like an extra $1,000 a month or something like that. Um, we get to 100 members, you hold that for three months, another $1,000. You get to 120 members, you hold that for three months, another $1,000 a month. So it's tied to the membership number. And then once we hit the mature facility, I said 120 is, is, is cap, right? So every six months, the facility leader would be eligible for a profit share. Uh, based on the success of the business as well. And our full-time coaches are paid on a salary um, that's you know pretty competitive to any other you know high-end gym job. So um, it's, it's kind of like a great position, whether you're the facility leader or the head-time coach, you're going to get a salary. And then you're going uh, – salary guaranteed too uh, for the facility leader. And then your incentives are based on the success of, of the business and the membership number. So what happens when like someone gets sick? 
So you got these two people. It sounds super oh, lean. That's like a fantastic one pers- question. <laughs> one person gets the flu. Like two people across the three locations get the flu. That's like 50% of your staff. What happens? That, great is, a great, that is a great question. It uh, hasn't happened yet. Uh, no. So <laughs> we have uh, no sick policy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we had a global pandemic. It hadn't happened once. <laughs> no. Our facilities have been, have been rock stars. But, um, but yeah, so if it, if it does happen, all of our current locations – are within 30 minutes of each other. Um, our headquarters has 10 staff. Um, if we were in a position where we needed to send a coach out there, we could do that. Um, now, what happens with the full-time staff we have at these locations, they're really strong at jumping in and, and coaching a split day if they have to for a day or two or you know whatever. We just had our staff at the, at the Two Brain Summit. You know, so they came in on... Friday, the gym ran all day Friday, all day Saturday with, you know, their, their full-time, full-time staff. Um, so team player is a huge core value for ours. We want people that don't care don't about two, sick. three, don't get sick, right? Be a team player. Don't ever get sick. Uh, but also be a team player. If, if someone is sick, you know, you don't mind coaching a full day, which it, again, is seven sessions. So right. I forgot there, you're only doing half yeah. the day. Uh, yeah. Right. So you can... Right, exactly. So comparative to like, you know, anyone with like as a personal trainer, they might do nine, 10 sessions in a day. For us, a full, full day is going to be seven sessions. So it's not as taxing um, on, on the coaches. What's the most you've done in a day, Tao? What's the most classes you've coached? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember, but I, I, I opened and closed plenty of times. You know, I, I was there at six and left at nine and did the next one at six yeah plenty of times i I did some four i I think eight there was like a four block in the morning and a four block in the evening yeah if if we had that then i definitely did full days for sure and one thing i one thing i skipped over with finding people two of our facility leaders uh worked in collegiate strength and conditioning for a while so if you know anything about college strength conditioning like every day is like that so they were opening the weight room at six you know six in the morning and leaving at, at seven at night so you know, that was, that was my first, first job out of school in coaching. So I think when that's your experience, when it comes to a small group and there's seven of them, it's like, it's kind of like you're, you're on vacation a little bit, even though the days are long. The collegiate grind is different, man. Like those guys just, you just live there for like shit money for just yeah. 10 years. Like I, I respect guys who come up in that game cause you know, they know how to work. Yeah, did they pay you in like sweatpants and and like you know yeah. muscle milk, <laughs> and you get to steal like some of the athlete protein bars every once yeah. in a while, assuming you're at a good school, one That's that right. has a protein bar sponsor. All right, cool. So it sounds like it sounds like pretty decent business. What um what does it cost to open one of these things? Because it doesn't seem like there's like a lot of equipment in there. Are you doing like full locker room build outs with six people? I can't imagine you'd need to do something elaborate there. Like, like what, what do you, what are you dropping to build one of these things? No, it's, it's all in. We're, we're less than a hundred thousand dollars. So it is, uh, it's, it's, I said the whole thing is lean. So you got rubber flooring rolls out, three half racks, two cable machines, three echo bikes, you know, dumbbells from 10 to 80 pounds, kettlebells from, 10 to 106 pounds, some TRX, some med balls, a TV, and a Sonos, and that's the gym. Yeah, I got more shit in my backyard here. It's... <laughs> yeah. and, and so it pays for itself in about a year, if all goes well? Yes. 
Yeah, correct. Yep. Kind of the back of the envelope. Are you building showers in these things or no? No, no. So we don't have showers in any of, any of our facilities. You know, we have the, the large like ADA bathrooms. Exactly. We have like the ADA bathroom, which is enough to get, you know, changed comfortably. And, and that's, that's it. Yeah. We did a, we partnered with a we guy named like that. Ashley Mack, PTDPT. He, we didn't have a, it was one stall for the entire gym and it wasn't as good as yours. I think like the good, like during peak, he was doing like 30, 35 grand a month, but like it was insanely profitable. It was insanely lean and um it was fun to, i would take classes there it was fun like it, it was a nice experience because you, you'd get to know the people you're training with really well we had poopery in the bathroom that was it <laughs> Teo was that an was owner it. in that gym i don't know if you ever went to it though yeah i did i went a bunch of times <laughs> i had pizza next door did sled, sled pulls in the parking lot yeah so for you guys no no franchise on the horizon you just want to make a a nice little cash flow in business and uh Buy a mansion on the in Devon. Yeah, right. Devin, That's Devin the, wants it, to move to Devon. Devon wants. He's from Devon. Uh, of course. Funny enough, yeah. But yeah, that's the, that's the plan. So uh, if we if if things change online, that they, um, they change. But uh, but the goal is to to stay involved and and do it uh, with the team we have right now as as far as we can. Sounds like less headaches than having franchisees and having to train and having a bad operator. Like that's the problem I see with any of these chains who try and franchise like small group training. And the reason why I don't think very many of them had had a lot of staying power. Uh, they're just so reliant on having someone amazing in the management position. And you just can't do like, it just seems very, very difficult to pull that off at scale. Right. If you look at like stuff that's over, 500 locations it's like very class-based so like an orange theory you can kind of like pack that out high energy like not very coaching intensive you need a cheerleader right some of those exponential models like 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 a pure bar like it's just like such a small footprint and like they choreograph it so well and there's just such a strong marketing machine i can see how that would kind of work but for stuff like a you know CrossFit small group training anything like that, I, I, it just seems like very very difficult to try and open eight hundred to a thousand of these and find people who, like, if you don't have the ten years of experience you have just kind of running your own gym, like, do you think someone could like develop an eye for that, or do you think your girl can can fill up eight hundred when uh, after we call her and ask her? <laughs> She and listen, she might be able to for for us and why we want to do it. Like we love the development part of it. So educating the facilitators, doing these mastermind calls, um, doing these like uh, meetings to develop someone that is just a coach or um, you know is, is just coming in with a little bit of management experience at a, at a gym, and and that piece has just been been awesome. And and you know the the franchise model is is way different. You're getting someone that can just finance it and. You know, they, they might have a, a, a great clips and an engaged personal training. And that's not what, you know, that's not the person we, we want. We want the person that's like, I made $65,000 a year as a personal trainer and I was totally fried and burnt out. Let me join this place where I can have a better, um, a better career, make $90,000, run a facility and, and coach 12, 12 hours a week, you know, and, and kind of do that individually at each, each location versus, you know, selling territories and all that type of stuff. All right. So for multi-location stuff, um, it seems like growth, like velocity, getting, getting more of these open is kind of your priority now. Have you thought 
at all about potentially owning the real estate for some of these or, or having some type of asset-backed approach so the cash flow goes off to, uh, you know, buy off some land? Or is it just because your strategy is like grocery store anchored retail that, that that would be pretty difficult and it makes more sense to just have the facilities cash flow? And like, how do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's our, our, our philosophy right now is just getting these uh, grocery store anchored centers with uh, like complimentary uh, fitness, you know, model. It seems, it sounds so corny to say talk like that, but, uh, that's like realtor talk, I guess that I, I hear, but, uh, get into a shopping center with, you know, a, another gym like us and a grocery store. And as far as real estate, we're looking in Westchester, you know, if we can, if we can buy a building to move our gym and this, uh, you know, 500 member, uh, this gym that I think would be something we want to, we want to get into. Uh, but as far as the other locations, we'll just get them, you know, in a retail spot and, and see what happens. And what's your strategy there? Are you locking down like super long-term leases or like a five plus a couple options after that? Like, or are you doing like a couple years seeing if it works? And if not, like lighting your 100K on fire and moving on to a new Yeah, yeah we, we have uh, five, we have two fives and a seven right now. Um, and the two we have LOIs on are five. So five with some options. And, and uh, again, like you said, if it, if it totally fails, we never, we never sign up a member like it totally bottoms out. We can sell the equipment and we can, you know, we're, we're out the rest of the money, but it's, it's, you know, conservative enough that, um, we could go and do it again. Are you guys personally guaranteeing all this stuff or are you in a position where you can kind of, um, the business can kind of sign for some of these? That's a great question. So the, now the business is signing a guarantee for, for them. That's nice. Yeah. That's, that a, is that's nice. a big hurdle. <laughs> that is very yeah. nice. So we're, we're in the, we're in the LOI stage in, uh, our next, our next location is going to, is slated to be Mission Viejo, uh, California. So, um, if Wait, that what? one, <laughs> I'm going to save that for the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, across uh, was, state lines, you're going to do a, a remote, a real remote you're one. Literally like a my sick remote. strategy is like my guy drives to the gym. Yeah, when the what, other guy's what happens sick if someone then... gets sick at that one? <laughs> so you you fly in, you chop her in. You have to understand the relationship between myself and Devin Gage. So we're talking crazy visionary and conservative integrator on, on my end of things. So his vision is we found someone in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, actually, um, and perfect candidate, all was good. And their fiance got a job in California. They're leaving. Um, and Devin's like, what do you think about just continue to go through this process? And I was like, I don't think I want to have that conversation. And so two days later, I think I was on a flight to uh, Los Angeles to scout out Orange County and see what it was about. And, and, you know, see what kind of cars we're driving around and, and oh yeah orange you know, county orange, you're, orange county you're good yeah, yeah. for your model you're fine yeah so mission mission viejo like all the all the numbers are, are you know median household values like 1.2 million and, and everything is is checking the boxes of, of what we're looking for so yeah this shit just i don't even need to click any of this it just looks expensive there's just like the most prominent thing here is a golf course and another golf course and then Dana Point and another golf club, like, yeah, this looks yeah. at this looks, you know, 
I, I can see some, some ways that this could potentially go poorly for you, you know? <laughs> I, I, I definitely see how there could be some, some issues with this, but I, I get where you're going with it. So you, Yeah, so, you know, for, you're for bet, this You're one, betting on the man or yeah, woman. For this I don't one, know we you would, didn't we mention. Would, we would staff it a little bit differently. Um, so, you know, this La one pause. being such a unique situation, we would do, you know, facility leader, full-time coach, part-time coach for sure, for sure. So always, always have a swing person at any given time. Um, so that one's going to look, that one's going to look different. You know, we're, we're not going to, it's not going to be as clean cut as the other ones. Um, there you go. Yeah. These are your, looks like the cheapest home you can buy in Mission Viejo is like $750,000. For, yeah. a, for a condo, for a condo. Yeah. All right. Love well, it. That sounds <laughs> insane. Uh, and then where's the other one? The one this is a, the simu- This is the simultaneous opening. So is the other one yeah. in Calgary? <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one's in Bryn Mawr. So main line, heart of the main line. Okay, cool. Heart so so you only lost your sanity temporarily there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. No, I mean, cool. it's, it, listen, it, the hardest part's the, the people. So we found a person, you know, um, that's been, that's, you know, shown to be the hardest, the hardest part for us. We found a really good, a good, good candidate that, uh, that again, it, it makes that risk, uh, less scary. And, it, you know, when it's, when it's not enough money to totally drown you, it, it, it I guess it, it makes you a little bit more brave. I don't know, but um, again, that's that's Devin visionary speaking. And if we're gonna if we're really gonna scale, we're gonna have to do it eventually. It sounds easier. You easier don't to have do. to do it eventually. <laughs> you you could stay regional. There are plenty of regional <laughs> giants. You know, you don't, you don't have to go to the other coast. But I love it. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm supporting. I'm just Teo's you don't from, have to. Teo's from. Los yeah, Angeles. I'm from the West Coast. So you okay. know, when you do the LA one. Hit me up. Absolutely. Isn't Mission Viejo like kind of south? At, like south yeah, yeah, of it's LA, Orange County like south. a little bit. Orange County yeah. South. Yeah. They're they're considered like different things though. Very I'm different. Assuming. Very okay. different. Cool. But they have different sh- they have different shows of selling sunset. They so do. It must be incredibly they do. different. Just one hundred percent. I'm how surprised I know you know that, John. Wow. You know we both love trashy reality television. I do, but I sometimes we don't overlap. But I'm glad we. I'm glad we found a common one here. Sunset's on the hit list for sure. For sure. Great. So, so Jeff, um, where can people find you, support you, love you, send donations to your California location? Um, yeah, we are Engage uh, Personal Training on on Instagram with our locations. Gage Strength Training is our is our headquarters. Um, that's like kind of our big big box gym. And if anyone wants to get in contact with me, it's just Jeff at Gage strengthtraining.com. So I'm not big on social media. If you, if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see pictures of my kids and my dog probably. So Jeff, you start that process of getting workers comp and like hiring someone in California yet. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's good. You, get, you get those workers comp quotes yet. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they went to Devin. I haven't looked at him yet, but, uh, but yeah, all right. I'm learning all, right. all the, uh, all the differences between East coast, West coast right now. It's going to be a treat. You're going to love it. It's going to be a great time. I got, to, um, I got to drive a Tesla for the first time out there. So. Wow. wow. I, have a, I have a funny Tesla story, but but we'll tell it. We'll tell it another day. Um, Jeff, 
Thank you very much for coming, sharing your business model. Sounds like you got a good thing going. Looking forward to see how you expand. Maybe you come back in uh, six months and, and give us an update and prove us all wrong. Let us know how much money that Mission Viejo location's pulling out. Can't wait. Let's do it. All right. Awesome, man. I look forward to checking out your facilities uh, next time I'm in Pennsylvania. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's all for this week's Gym World Worldwide. Be sure to dislike and unsubscribe and leave a hateful comment. See you next week.